Welcome, everybody, and thank you for joining us today at Faith Co. Church. If you're joining us online, you're just as much a part of us um, as you are here. You're just not having as much fun because it's a lot of fun here to be with everybody. I'm glad you guys are here. Can you guys hear the rain falling outside? I like, I like metal roofs just for that reason. Hey, I'm glad you're here. I just want to uh, say a couple of things before we get started, a couple of dates to remember. First of all, August the 14th is our Back to School Sunday. So uh, you will definitely want to be a part of Back to School Sunday, if, especially if, if you got kids or you're a teacher. We're going to honor our teachers, and all of the kids are going to graduate from, like, uh, their preschool. They're going to go ahead and go to their elementary school. We're just, I, I, they literally march those kids into their new classroom. So it's a special day for kids. But another thing that we want to do is we want to have a special prayer for all of our students. We're going to bring all the kids in. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for the teachers and administration. And we're just going to have a special day where we honor teachers and pray for kids on Back to School Sunday. And our kids are going to be promoted into their next classes. So that's Back to School Sunday. It's August the 14th. So make sure you're here for that. The other thing is, I believe it's August the 28th, is our marriage conference. Now, we call it a marriage conference. It's basically a half a day conference that we're going to have uh, for relationships. Now, just because it's a marriage conference does not mean... It is not for singles. So if you're single, I strongly recommend that you go to this because it's going to be for singles. It's going to be for married couples, people that have never been married, people that have been divorced. This is going to be a special short session. It looks like it's going to be somewhere between three and four hours. And uh, we're going to, it, uh, we're actually charging for this. You've got to make an investment. I think it's like $20 a couple, $15 for a single, simply because uh, we're going to be providing breakfast. We're going to be giving away a lot of things. So basically you're paying for, you know, a, a, an opportunity to win a date night. And, and uh, here's something else that we're going to do is we're going to have a, a panel of couples that have been married for a few decades uh, from just different demographics. Like if somebody, somebody's going to be here that's been married for 40 years, that uh, will be able to ask people questions. Somebody's going to be here that's been married for uh, maybe for a couple of years. We're going to have somebody that represents singles. So it's not that these people are professionals. It's just that you're going to have an opportunity to ask questions that are to somebody that's a little bit down the road. So wherever you are in your relationship, this is going to be for everybody. So we're going to have a great time. Uh, we, we always have a good time when we come together, but we're going to learn. So make this investment into your life, into your family. Uh, make sure that uh, you can get with somebody at Faithco Info. You can fill something out on the back of your chair, however you want to do that. Get with us, but make sure you let us know because we're going to have a really good time and you definitely want to be here. Now, we only have training days like this or little conferences like this. We only do this like once a year, so you don't want to miss this, okay? Okay? All right, so, all right, let's dive into this. Uh, about 2 million couples, oh, I got to pray first, don't I? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. You created families, you created marriages, you created people. It's your design. Speak to us today, Lord, I pray, and help our hearts to be open and our ears to be open to what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, you need this today. About 2 million couples, I believe, uh, according to a recent statistic, is it a sadistic or a statistic? About 2 million couples got married last year. And I wonder, as I was looking at that statistic, I, I wonder how many of those couples 
made an investment into their marriage as far as educating and training before they got married. I wonder how many of them went to some kind of training like this marriage conference. I wonder how many of them uh, uh, went to some kind of six or eight week premarital counseling. I wonder how many of them read a book on relationships and marriage and what it would take. Or did did they just get a license? I understand. Did they just love each other and get a license? That's like an electrician deciding that he wants to go to work and I want to be a contract electrician and I need to get my license. Okay, well, uh, what kind of school and what kind of training did you have? Well, I don't have any, but I really, really love electricity. (laughs) Think about how we, if we did anything else like that. And I have a a lot of hands-on experience. Well, you know, as far as, as far as marriage, you know, we, we didn't, we don't have any kind of training, but we have a a lot of hands-on experience. Oh, I bet you do, Romeo. <laughs> but what if we decided to make an investment? What if we decided to make an investment? I, I, would, I strongly recommend, uh, you, you're not going to go to any kind of a conference for 20 bucks with, with your husband and wife. I strongly recommend, and I'm not promoting it right now. If, if I were you, take it from me, <laughs> who's made a lot of mistakes, who's, who's, who's been through a, a couple of train wrecks, I strongly recommend that you go to something like this. I strongly recommend that if you're thinking about getting married, if you're a young person, if, you, if you're a young couple, if, you're, if, you've been, if you've been married 30 years, I strongly recommend that you make an investment because we don't do this a lot of times and we wonder why we have problems. Here's the deal. A house, as we've been talking about home builders, a house, it doesn't just happen. It's got to be built. Amen. And home builders, it, uh, it, it takes a design, it takes a foundation, it takes materials, it takes tools, it takes utilities to power it. Home builders are tools, they are actions that help us build the life, help us build the marriage, help us build the family that we desire. But it starts with a design. It starts with a design. It starts with a plan for what you're going to build. What do you want? Well, I want you to know that God has designed and God has defined marriage. If you believe that, say amen. God has defined and God has designed it. Now here's the deal. I, listen, if you were not here last Sunday, it is very important that you listen to last week's podcast or watch, watch it online because that is where, if, if we don't have that solidified, about the Word of God being our foundation for what we're talking about, we, we can't even have a conversation. I had so many people, I, you know, I've, I've, listen to me, I've preached better messages. I, I don't think that that was the best message that I've ever preached by far, okay? But I had more feedback on that message than any message that I've ever had. Simply because people came up to me. People that didn't necessarily agree with me, you know, they can be wrong if they want to be, right? I had people that don't necessarily agree with me come up to me and said, thank you for at least having that conversation. Nobody is talking about that. Nobody in church, people aren't talking about this. I I had somebody that doesn't even go to this church text me and say, hey, thank you for talking about that. We go to this church. It's okay if they be wrong, right? I'm I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Lighten up. The the point is, is don't take for granted what what you think or we believe about the definition of marriage, know what your church believes, amen? Now, you can go to growth track, and we talk about what we believe, but a lot of people are taking things for granted. Listen, it is very important that you watch that message, not because I want you to watch me, but because 
we lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about for the next few weeks. Listen to that podcast, watch that video. Well, today, when it comes to home builders, you need a solid foundation. We talked about the design last week. Today, we're going to talk about the foundation. It's got to be built on something solid. Well, Jesus tells us that you can build your house on sand or you can build your house on rock. In Matthew 7 and 24, Matthew 7 and 24, if you have your Bibles or however you look up the scripture, you can put it on the screen if you don't have it. Jesus says this, everyone then who what? Who hears these what? Let's Let's go back and read that all together. Here we go. Everyone then who hears these words, who hears these words of mine, and what? Everyone who hears his words and does his words, them and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall because it had been founded on the on the rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it can I tell you something we are all building something today that will affect the outcome of our lives in the future now you might not be married Maybe that's something else that you are building. But all of us today are building something. You are building, you are investing, you are doing actions today that is going to affect the outcome of your life and the, and the outcome of other people's lives in your future. We are building our lives. We are building our homes. We are building our marriages. We are building our families. You could be building your career. My question for you today is what are you building it on? Is it a solid foundation? Is it sand or is it stone? Now, why do we ask it this? Because if it is founded, that's what Jesus said, if because that house was founded, it was established before we, before we even began, we decided that we would start this on the rock. If it's founded upon the rock, it's built and it is established. Then, when, not if, When the storms come and beat on that house, it will stand. Here's the deal. You don't just build for best case conditions and scenarios. You build for worst case conditions, don't you? You better do that in Oklahoma. The people that, I know the people that built the house that I live in, and I told them, I said, if you ever get ready to sell that house, I want it. I know how it's built. It's, it's built with uh, two to six walls. It's got a Category 5 commercial roof. I mean, it, it can take a pounding from, from golf ball size, even softball size. Hell, I, just, I like the solidity of that home, but that, 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 that's for tremendous, tremendous conditions. But you know what I have for worst-case conditions, for worst-case scenarios? A storm shelter. And a lot of people in Oklahoma, they, the, your, 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 your storm shelter is not built for comfort, is it? Man, you go down in mine, it's got spiders in the crevices. It's like a dungeon. Down, ain't nobody trying to get down in there. I can't get anybody to go in there. Nobody ever wants to go in there and do anything in the storm shelter. But guess who's trying to get in if a tornado tries to fly over the house? Everybody's cramming in there like sardines. Why? Because that's built for worst 
case scenarios. That's how we want to build our homes. The Bible says that at some point, the rain comes. The floods come. The winds blow. The rain that comes from above. The floods that comes from the ground. The winds, they pound from all around. Here's the point. Storms will attack every side, every part of your home. And the determination of the strength of your home, it is determined on your foundation, what it's built on. The enemy at some point is going to come in, the Bible says, like a flood, like a storm. He's going to pound on your house. He's going to pound on your roof. He's going to pound on your home. At some point in your life, maybe it's been peaches and cream, your marriage or, or your home. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe you hadn't really been through anything bad. But at some point, the enemy is going to attack your home. And the willingness for it to stand is determined upon the foundation upon which it was built. Amen? And Jesus said you can build on sand or you can build on Stone, and there's a huge difference. Real quickly, sand is weak, of course, but stone is strong. Sand sinks under pressure. Stone stands under pressure. Sand conforms to the pressure that pushes up against it. It changes, but stone transforms anything that butts up against it. Sand washes away with water, but stone stays in the midst of water. Sand is blown away with the wind, but stone remains constant through the wind. That's why Jesus gave us the example. That that's why you want to build on rock, because it stands no matter the storm. So the question would be, why would anybody build on sand? I mean, that's kind of a given. Why? I mean, okay, we get it. You don't have Travis. You're, you're overdoing this. Why would anybody build on sand? Why would anybody choose the soft and the unstable. Well, because sand is easier. You don't have to really dig down in sand. It's, it's more comfortable. In the short term, it actually, you can actually build on sand for a season. I've been to other countries and other places where they actually built on dirt. And it, and it works for a season until a flood comes. And then their whole house washes away. Examples of a house or a home that's built on sand. A home and a marriage that's built on. A lot of times, uh, people will build their lives and their relationships on love or feelings of attraction. Now, let me tell you something. Love and attraction and feelings of being happy. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to marry this person because he makes me happy or she makes me happy. Listen, sand is an ingredient of cement. Love, attraction, making us happy, that is an ingredient of marriage. Uh, nobody gets, you know, it, it, it's just not... It's just not the foundation. Nobody wants to get married to somebody they don't love, right? I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to get, well, I'm not attracted to her. Uh, you know, she's got a great personality and everything. And uh, I'm not, I have really no feelings of attraction or whatever. But, you know, she has a pretty good job. What, you know, hopefully you have higher expectations, right? These are things that are elements and benefits but these are sand. It's not anything that you can build on. Other sand types of elements, cultural norms. What does marriage look like according to our culture? Anything other than the words of Christ is sinking sand. So a house and a foundation of rock, what, what does it look like? What's it built on? It is a rock, a house is built on a rock, which are the words of Christ. That's what Jesus said. Matthew 7 and 24 says, everyone who hears these, what? 
who hears these words of mine, the words of Jesus, and then what? And does them. Anyone who hears my words and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Marriage is the foundation of family. Marriage is the foundation of family. It's the center of the family. If a marriage falls, then the family falls. But without a strong, without a strong marriage, the family falls. Therefore, marriage, in order for it to stay strong, it has to be based on something. That's why Jesus said you've got to build your house on the rock because your marriage has to be based on something solid and it's got to go beyond making me happy. It's got to go beyond how I feel. It's got to go beyond whether or not I feel loved today. So what is the foundation of a rock-solid marriage? It is Jesus. It is the words of Jesus. It's, it's, it's that simple. When you build your house on the words of Christ, and the writings of the apostles who heard the words of Jesus. When you build your house on that, you have a God-centered marriage. Have you ever thought about, what is my life? Now, we're talking about marriages, but if you're not married today, think about this. What is my life centered around? Do you have a God-centered life? Do you have a God-centered marriage? A lot of times we, have, we, have, we wrap our lives around other things. If we're not careful, we'll wrap our lives around entertainment. And that's why we can stay together. We wrap our lives around our kids. What is at the center of your marriage? Is it God-centered? If it's God-centered, then it's based on the words of Christ. A marriage that is founded, built, and lived with Christ at the center. So we got to ask ourselves, what did Jesus say about marriage and families? Do you believe the words of Jesus? Do you believe the words of Jesus? Yes. That's, that's, this, this is what we're talking about. These are the words of Jesus. What are the words of Jesus? What did Jesus say to the apostles that wrote them down in our scriptures that we talked about last week? What did he say and what did Jesus teach about marriage? What did Jesus say? Who was the creator and the author of marriage? He said that the father was. Then Jesus talked about the purpose of marriage. Let me real quickly, for about two minutes, review what we said last week so we can have a foundation for this, what Jesus said. In Matthew 19 and 3, it says, And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And I don't have time to go back into this, but I'll tell you very quickly that you could divorce your spouse for any reason if they just displeased you. So they were, they were testing Jesus by, by comparing what he would say to the law of Moses. And Jesus, who was the word of God in the flesh, said this. He answered them, have you not read that he, cre he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? So Jesus, instead of affirming reasons why people should walk away from their marriages or in their marriages, Jesus takes them, takes us all the way back to the beginning, and he talks about God, and he talks, that he talks about how God created two genders, male and female. That's what that says in there. God created two genders, male and female, that we could be designed for what God has designed and planned for you in marriage. Amen? In the fifth verse, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer one. They're no longer individual. But they, Yes, we are individually married, but when we, 
as God's design, male and female come together as one. God places his blessing on that, and we spiritually experience oneness. Amen? That's God's design for marriage. He says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and, be, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. That's what God has for you, to experience one flesh with somebody what God has joined together, let not man separate. So Jesus defines God's plan for marriage. A man marries a woman in order to experience oneness. This is the ultimate experience for couples is to experience oneness. We call this intimacy. Into me see. I'm going to cover these later. That's what God has designed for married couples. This oneness experienced only between a man and a woman in marriage, it multiplies into what we call family. If you really think about what God has designed for individuals, for couples, for marriage, it points to family. Family. That's what God wants us to experience. Eventually raising kids, not until you're ready. Eventually having grandkids. From the very beginning, he said, be fruitful. And what? Multiply. God has God has and wants you to experience family. That's the purpose of marriage. So this is the rock. These are the words of Christ on which our lives, our homes, our marriages, our salvation is built. The rest is sand. So what do we need to do? Number one is you need to know the words of Jesus. A lot of people fall into error. A lot of people fall into deception. A lot of people get off track in their lives. Because we don't know the words of Jesus. Don't talk to me about what, what's going on in your life or what you believe you should be doing in your marriage if you're not reading the words of Jesus. Or you can, but I'm going to point to you about what the word of I'll always reference the word of God. However you believe about any matter, I'll always bring it up and I'll reference the word of God. It's important that we know the words of God. Our lives, our marriages, they are built on the foundation of the word of God. Listen, the word of was first spoken by God. Amen? God created everything through the words that he spoke. God's commandments, God's law, God's prophecy. God, it was spoken by God. And then the word of God, number two, was personified through Jesus. For John, the first chapter says, in Jesus, the word became flesh. So Jesus was the walking word of God while he lived here on earth. And number three, the word of God was imparted to the disciples. I know that we talk about the things that Jesus said, but Jesus, according to John, said a, a, a number of things that was not written down in the Gospels that was imparted into the apostles. That's why we read the Gospels, which was the documents about Jesus, but we read the apostles, which was the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter and the apostle John, which Jesus taught to them. We read those. It was imparted into the disciples who wrote the epistles and established the church. These writings are God-inspired and God-breathed. We need to know these words. I think the greatest shortcoming of the modern church is we don't understand our Bible because we don't read it. Amen? I'm not going to get into that. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to you. The word of God, it's not just powerful for changing lives. 
it is useful for our everyday lives. Did you hear that? The Bible says in Hebrews that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts and into the, the joints and the marrows. It, 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 it reveals our intentions. Nothing's hidden from the word of God. But the word of God isn't just powerful for changing our lives and changing our minds and transforming our lives and our minds. The word of God isn't just powerful for that. The word of God is also practical for helping us in our everyday lives. If you believe that, say amen. So if you want a marriage that is on a firm foundation that won't fall when, it, when a storm comes, establish it on the words of God. Know the words of God. Number two is not only do we need to know the words of God, we need to probably, you can probably guess this one. Do the words of God. We just read it a while ago. Do the words. Knowing is half the process. Because you can know the words of God and not do them. There's, there's no connection. Here's what I found out. There's no connection with people knowing what to do and people actually doing what they need to do. How many of us so many times, including me, we know what we should do, but we don't do it. We know what's best for us still. We, you really should do this. I really should do this. I know what to do. I know it's bad for me. I know I shouldn't. And, and yet, you know, okay. Well, you only live once. Whatever. No one lives forever. You know what you should do? I remember when I, I was in Hawaii up on a, this place called Black Rock. And it was like this 35-foot cliff, 40-foot cliff. And I was up there. This was like 10, 11 years ago. I don't, I'm not sure. And I was up there, and I was thinking, I'm in Maui, Hawaii. Maui, Hawaii. On top, standing on top of black rock. I'm diving off this cliff. Professional diver, right? I'm kidding. I'm not a professional diver. I'm up there thinking, you know, YOLO. You only live once, right? Standing up there, and a voice in the back of my head said, Travis, you probably shouldn't be here. I'm thinking, yeah, but how bad could it be diving off a cliff, you know? It didn't look as far as, you know, I think I counted a couple seconds. I was on my way down, thought longer than what I thought. I remember when I hit the water, you're actually, if you take a dive, you're supposed to break the fall with your hands so your head doesn't take that break. And I didn't do that. I had my hands spread, you know, yelling the way down, you know, cowabunga you know, whatever I did, I hit the water, and I heard ringing, and I come up, and I just about went out, and I barely swam to shore, and I couldn't move my head, and I was in some bad shape, and when I finally got back to the doctor, uh, they MRI, man, you are lucky to be alive, I pinched my uh, spinal column, uh, I, had, I had to go through 10 months of physical therapy. I had to get shots in my spine of steroid. I had, you know, uh, physical therapy. I asked for physical therapy. You know, what are those shots? They take you in a room. They took me in a room uh, three different times. There were four different nurses. They give you this stuff where you can't remember. They don't give you painkillers, but they give you medicine where you can't remember what happened to you. Have, have this happened to you? Only me? 
There were four nurses in there, like big old muscled up guys. All right, Pastor Travis, what we need you to do is we need you to turn over and you're not going to remember anything. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, what kind of shot is this, you know? And I wake up in the, in the room, in, a, in another room or whatever, thinking, I wonder if I should have listened to that voice, you know? Probably should have listened to that. A year later, still can't turn my head to the left. Just because we should be doing something, or just because we know what we should do, just because we know we shouldn't do, doesn't mean that we always do it. Amen? There's a lot of people who know what they need to do, but for some reason or not, they don't do it. Why? Why is this? Why is this? Because sand is easier than rock. Amen? Sand is easier than rock. It's like, it's like taking care of yourself. You know what to do, but you don't always do it. it it's, it's easier to stay in bed than get up at 6 a.m. and go to the gym. Or it's easier to get off work and go home and have some lemonade than, than go to the gym. We all ha have been there. It's healthier and it's cheaper. It's healthier, uh, you know, we, we know what we should eat, but it's, it's easier and it's less expensive to eat junk than to eat healthier, right? You can get five burgers for a buck, or you can have grilled salmon for $30, you know what I'm saying? Go, like going to church, it's good for you. People, uh, people are there every single week. I, I, they tell me, I run into people at the gym or I run into people all the time. People are saying, you know what, I, I need to be out there, Travis. I need to be out there. All the time, people know what they should do. But just because you know what to do doesn't mean that you should. Why? Because sand is easier. Sand is easier. Just because we know what we need to do does not mean that we do it. Going with the flow of your marriage is easier than confrontation. It's easier. Uh, going with the flow of what's, whatever's going on in your marriage, if, if it's not right, it's easier than correction. It's easier than change. Sand is more comfortable than rock. However, storms are just a matter of time. Right? At some point... A storm is going to hit your relationship. A storm is going to hit your house. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Then all the work that you have been put into or all of the work that you have not put into it will be revealed in a storm. Storms reveal foundation. Are you with me? They reveal it. So James was a pastor who believed in God's grace. The Apostle Paul talked about how you're saved according to grace, not according to your works. The Apostle Paul talked about that, but there was this thing that was happening that the Apostle James, who was the brother of Jesus, that, that, that he noticed that people were so wrapped up in grace that they were forgetting that a big part of faith is works. So James was the person that says faith without works is useless or dead. Listen to what he says in James 1 and 22. He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. You see, you, you can't just come to church and hear the word of God. You can't just hear what you need to hear at a marriage conference. You've got to do something about your situation. For anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is, he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, a, uh, but a doer who acts, 
he will be blessed in his doing. Some of us have the knowledge of what to do, but now we need to do something about it. So what, so, uh, so what do we need to do? What, ask yourself, what is it that I need to start doing? What is it that I have the, the knowledge to do? What do I need to start doing? As far as marriage, maybe you need to make an investment. Are there things in your marriage that you need to start doing? Are there things in your marriage that you need to stop doing? If you're single, maybe you need to, for a season, stay away from the opposite sex. If you're single, maybe you need to open yourself up to possibly dating. Maybe you need to become dateable. Have you ever met somebody that's not dateable? I, I'm praying for a godly wife. Hey, let's start, guy, with just cleaning your house. That would really help. Become dateable. Uh, I, I'm waiting for, have you ever heard anybody says, I'm waiting for my Boaz. What are you a fraction of who Ruth was? You got to ask yourself about that. It's an Old Testament story. Become the person that you need, that, become the person that you are believing God to send into your life. Amen? Do something. Don't just be here, be a doer. Be the change that needs to happen in your marriage. Stop depending on your spouse. Be the change that needs to happen in your marriage. Initiate it. What have you been praying for God and believing for God to do in your life that you need to now start doing something about it? Look at your neighbor and say, do something. I want to close with this. Jesus said, build your house on the rock and not sand. Build your house on the rock. We are building our lives on something. We're building it on something. What's that built on? What's your house built on? We need to know his words and we need to do his words. And I want to challenge you. Look to Jesus. Don't just look to the cultural norms. Don't listen to what our society is telling you about what marriage should be, what relationships should be. What's it like to be single? Don't listen to that. Build your life on the words of the Lord because you are building something today that is going to affect the outcome of your life tomorrow. And I promise you, no matter what your age is, God has something better for you than what this world has to offer. In the short term, it may not be easy to follow what God has for you. In the short term, you might have to be disciplined. In the short term, you might have to confront some things. Things You might have to ask some hard questions. But I promise you, what God has for you in your future is better than what the world will offer you today. Because God is setting up a firm foundation for what you're going to have a decade from now. So Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. And I thank you, Lord, for ministering in and through us. I pray, Lord, that you will touch the lives of people wherever we are. I first pray for people that are hurting. Maybe they're hurting in their lives. Maybe they've gone through a divorce. Maybe they're single. Maybe people are hurting in their marriages. I pray, Lord, that you will touch people today, whatever is going on in their lives. And then I pray, Lord, that you will give us strength, that you will establish and strengthen us as we look to you and your words for the foundation of our lives, our relationships, and our marriages. In the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, and please nobody looking around, maybe you're here and you can say, Travis, I've been going through some things. 
in my life, in my marriage, doesn't matter if you're married or not, I've been going through some things that has affected, it has rocked my house. It has rocked my world. This storm has hit my home and it has hit my life. You can't always control what other people do. But if your life is built on the rock and the foundation, you can weather any storm. And even though you go through a storm, even though others might fall, even though you go through problems, God will take you through any storm. And on the other side of that storm, he has something better for you if you hold on to that foundation. So if that's you, and you're here, and, and you, can, you can identify with that, I just want to pray with you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person, every marriage, every individual, every person that feels like he's gone through a storm, that she's gone through a storm. The rains fell. The floods came. The wind blew. And they beat on that house. Father, I pray, God, that you'll strengthen us where we are weak. We trust you. Will you just say that right now? I trust you, Lord. Go ahead and say that. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord Jesus. Say it again. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. We trust you, Lord. Through every circumstance, through every storm, bring healing and wholeness no matter the circumstance. In the name of Jesus. Believe, believe that same man. If you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. Maybe you're watching us online. You don't know Jesus. I want to say a prayer as I always do. If you're here and you don't know the Lord, today you can give your life to Christ. Doesn't matter if maybe you're here and you've never said the words, Jesus, be Lord and Savior of my life. Or maybe you can say, Travis, I walked away from God and today I really feel like I need to rededicate my life to Christ. Wherever you are today, you can make a decision. I'd like to know if I'm, I'm praying for anybody here today. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I won't single you out or anything like that. But I'd like to know if I'm praying for anybody. If you're here today and you say, Travis, as you pray, I'm going to pray with you. Today I'm going to give my life to Christ. Real quickly, just put your hand up and put it down so I know I'm praying for somebody. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ. If you're watching us online, right now, if, if God is dealing with your heart, today you can give your life to Christ. Just pray with us. We're all going to pray together. Come on, let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today, and I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life and to take my life and use it for your cause. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, guys, let's celebrate today. Thank you, Lord, for those that have come. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will make it real in the lives of people. Those that have surrendered their life to you, make it real in their lives today. And we welcome them to the family in the name of Jesus. Will you guys stand? If you gave your life to Christ today, whether you're watching us online or in the house, if you would text SAVE to that number that you see on the screen, we just want to congratulate you give you some information about the church or give us some information about this new journey with you. Also, you can meet us back at Faithco Info. We'd love to meet you and your family. Uh, tell somebody.
Tell somebody. Let somebody know that, that, that you gave your life to Christ. That is, that is a very, very important, wonderful decision that you made today. Just a couple of things before I let you go. Uh, if your kids are a part, if, if your young people are part of Faith Go Students, we meet every Wednesday night around 620. Uh, let them be a part of that. We had a great time this past week. So, uh, man, it's, it's really hot, but we have a lot of fun. And there's, there's no better investment than sowing into the next generation. Uh, if, if you're not serving anywhere at Faith Go Church, or, or maybe you're interested in serving at Faith Go Students, let us know. We would love to have you come out and hang out. Last week, we, we did a Bible study, we had small groups, and then we played kickball, which is a lot of fun because you can throw a soft uh, rubber ball at students as they run. So um, it's always, it's always, that's always fun. Have some serious basketball games out here with these kids, too. So anyway, um, if, you want, if you're not a part of serving anywhere, that's a great place to, uh, to serve. If you're not serving anywhere at Faith Go Church, I strongly recommend. Uh, we had some new people join us on the worship team. If, if you think you got game as far as singing, uh, man, let us know. Uh, we're always looking for people to serve there. We're looking for people to serve in kids' ministry. I, I, you've heard me say this before, serving in kids' ministry. That's the best job in the house. Put on a red shirt, go in there, and, uh, you know, the curriculum's awesome. I think they just got done with Despicable Me uh, uh, series. Just, just an incredible thing to invest in uh, the kids' ministry. Another place that we serve is the host team, welcoming people, parking lot, ushers, greeters. Think about as we enter into the fall, maybe you're busy in the summertime, think about where you want to serve because uh, we're going to uh, be challenging on that simply because this is a great opportunity to serve God. You believe that? Okay, so be just be thinking about that. Pray about that. Well, before I let you go, oh, uh, back up. Back up to the, the screen, that last screen. Uh, you can text serve. I don't know. If, no, the serve. Yeah, is that up there? I didn't know that was up there. Text serve to that number right there if you want to know more information or, or even if you're just thinking about it. So uh, uh, before I let you go, quick blessing over your life. Until we meet again. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And everybody said, amen. amen. We'll see you next time. God bless you.